Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. Side stories. That's when the cannibalism started. Side Side stories. stories. Yes. Uh, so last night I started watching. I got about two hours into the house that Jack built, and then I had to just stop just because it was just the end of the evening, and I just didn't I didn't finish it. Now, what is this? Is tell this you. a show on HGTV? Is it sort of like a Prairie yeah. Home com- or not Prairie Home Companion? What's the name of that show there with the with the with the guys? You know the what show. What are you talking about? The show with the guys. It used to be on. There are, this, there's many this of old them. house. There's countless ones. This old house. Fixer Upper. No, You're not a fi- Fixer Upper. I'm talking about this old house. Anyway, you, the house. You got Bob Vila? No, Bob Vila didn't host this old house. He didn't. No, but I do feel. Yes, he did. I don't. Yes, he did. Henry? You just made me. You just tripped me up. All right, the house that Jack built. You're watching it. So. Uh, it's Lars von Trier, uh, uh, and he is dissecting the mind of a serial killer. It's very interesting. Mm. It's, it's it's got a lot going, but it does remind me of the guy from my lottery dream home. Really, he's a kind of a party I, boy, huh? I can see the guy at my lottery dream home. We've talked about oh, this, yeah. right? About how God the the the. The gay crimes he must commit. Well, I, is that a bad thing to say? Well, I'm not sure if we if we need to give a sexual orientation to his crimes, but I but could you know say I, mean. I could say that he definitely knows where to hide body parts within a home. Sure. When I when I postulate that, it's something along the lines of like the murder of Johnny Versace, Uh-oh. like that kind Sad. of like e- an evil gay man who can kill you in a fabulous mm. way, or like Buffalo Bill, Ooh. where it's all of the uh, super exotic. It's like, uh, would you fuck me? Uh, well, that's I would fuck that's interesting. Like that kind of shit. I wouldn't. I never really thought of uh, Buffalo Bill's sexual orientation. I don't necessarily think that he is uh, gay per se, but uh, you know. Wow, I don't think so. I never really thought about that. I think he was more he's a flamboyant guy, but uh, you know, he I he was different. I'm just going to say this about if I'm investigating Buffalo Bill and I'm like going to find him be like we're looking for someone different. That's all I know. He's so, so he's like a lady gaga. A lady gaga. Like one of those, right? Where he's just more of a monster dude well, and he does a lot of he likes costumes and he likes performance. Right, and his meat dresses certainly looked a little bit different than her meat dress did. <laughs> This is Side Stories. Welcome to Side Stories, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. And then what's that other voice? It's Henry Zabrowski. Yeah. Yeah, he's here. And then Travis Morningstar, his voice is back. So you might <laughs> yeah. hear him I, 
I just coughed up the uh, the Mucinex monster and watched him take his last breaths. Good. So my voice is back now. All right. Hell very yeah. good. So good work. Get getting another sexual assaulter out of your body. There it is. The Mucinex monster. A Mucinex monster. I don't know how that got greenlit. I know that he is green, but greenlit to be a commercial series um, because I can't get any roles ever. No. Uh, and no, this I cartoon booger went in, did great. I went in for the audition for that. Now, what is the audition for the, for the cartoon booger role? It was legitimately, they're like, okay, Henry, great, so break down your character. You are slime. (laughs) Uh, But you live inside a person's face. Now, we don't want to say give you any real directions, but just, like, be who you are. And so I remember just being like... Um, uh, you gotta you're coming to get me to pitch trying to kill the mucus and they're like love your energy love it love it but actually can you bring it closer to you uh huh and then I had to be like ah yes I'm the mucinex mucus man I'm the monster and they're like wonderful honestly commercial auditions are the single dumbest thing in the in human history of course you do have experience with slime uh, given what's going on around your neighborhood in LA so maybe that was a sign uh, that you would have gotten that commercial but I guess not oh I obviously not I know what you obviously did. Yeah, not. Yeah, I don't hear you on the no, commercial they, so there was a house around the corner from me uh-huh. that uh, used to end up being sort of like I believe to be the term is flop den for heroin <laughs> users okay sure because there was nobody in there it had become vacated and then I had watched several times like people throw their bike over the fence and then kind of climb in and I had called 311 several times really? I, I am this person you became I'm gonna start a neighborhood watch you are doing that huh? you called 311 on some poor kids who are just trying to go to a flop house uh, I don't know why it's called a flop house if, if they're doing heroin they never fall over it's more of a lean kind of like it kind is of, a lean you know, house. Wave it is house. A... But why you call three one one? Yes, absolutely. I'm trying to fucking clean it out the neighborhood. I am oh the my. police. Oh my! I God. am the law, and everyone has to understand that. And this is how I introduce myself to people that are new to moving into the apartment building. Uh huh. I-, I grab them and say, "I am the law." Zabrowski. Like, Zabrowski. Zimmerman. Zimmerman. No, Mr. Zimmerman. I'm very. I'm very fair. All right, uh-huh. these people were white criminals, uh-huh. and I watched them go over that fence. And I called three one one on on other whites. Un- unbelievable! And I- so as I went through, but the problem is that I'm thinking about Wendy because they're leaving needles out. There was stuff out there, and I'm starting to realize the slime was somehow attached to the activity going on in that home. Uh-oh. And then I'd look over, and like, unfortunately, it'd be the thing. I'm walking the dog eight thirty in the morning. Right? I'm not. It's not uh-huh. that I'm not plugged in, but I'm obviously, I'm either staring at my phone, or I am a dead, dead to the world. Yeah, you're a deadbeat dog walker is what it sounds no, like. No, I just, you can't be focusing uh, every second you on should. what the dog's doing. How long do you walk your dog every day? Maybe 15, 20 minutes? Focus when you're walking the dog. 25 minutes. It takes, whatever, whatever. Okay. You don't do it, because I whatever. You don't just focus. I know how you work. Uh-huh. I know how your life is. You're constantly distracted. <laughs> I'm out there. I walk the puppy, and all of a sudden, two seconds, I look down, and she's like licking uh-huh. at a pile of mess. <laughs> and I can't have this anymore. But they, they thankfully, they just finally demolished the house. Oh so my if they want to well, go hang in an open field, they can. Yeah, but at least I can see what they're doing. That's really smart to get away, get rid of the home where they stayed. So now they can just be on the streets in need of a location to sleep. 
That doesn't but mean that doesn't make it more dangerous for you, and you your family. Have, the way you position yourself against me is very interesting <laughs> because you'll say whatever's convenient. And once I get a tactile, when I get my tactical flashlight, uh-huh. then we'll see where they're peeing. All right. Well, we've been talking about slime, and the first story today is about a real slime ball. This dude. Now he was, very good. Thank you so much. I'm the king of segues. Uh, this dude, he worked for the Disney Channel. He was an actor, and his role, he played a grandfather. Now this yes. is a popular tween show, which I hate that term, but tween show called Andy Mack. The name of this dude is Stony Westmoreland, also known for his role as Henry. A.K.A. Ham Mac. Well, uh, Ham Mac apparently was hamming it up, uh, but not with adults. He met a 13-year-old on a dating app. Now, we don't know exactly what dating app. The only thing they clarify is it was a dating app used for sex, which is every dating app. So we have limited that is what it is. We have limited it down to every dating app. He met a 13-year-old for sex. He's 48 years old. Obviously, he plays a grandfather. I don't know how a 48 is 48-year-old is a grandfather. I think that's a larger statement about the destruction of the American family, but that's a whole no, other story. Babies having babies, man. Babies having babies and this guy having sex with babies, a 13-year-old. So he got busted, and naturally, he has been kicked off his show. But this just goes to show you, Henry, we talk about this all the time. Disney, the Disney Channel, the amount of pedophiles that watch and work on the Disney Channel is got to be more than any other network on television. All I know is my niece barely watches Disney. All right? And she's built for this. She's 12 years old. Perfect. So she barely watches it. And it comes down to who's watching it. A bunch, a bunch of, of pedophiles turn it on into these little pedophile clubs. So they go and they watch it on the television and all like and leer at it and jeer at it and throw popcorn at the screen. Every single time Stony comes back on the on the fucking uh, the screen yep. and it kills all their boners. I have no idea what's going on. Obviously, it didn't kill his boner. This is according to the Disney Channel. This is this is the thing too is that you look at this show. Mm-hmm. Have you have you seen any trailers for Andy Mac? I saw. I've seen a couple because I have basic cable now, so they pop up every now and again. Yeah, this thing sucks. They all suck, right? It's not for us. So, the idea of absolutely, of course. But as you watch it, you like just the idea of not only being hard in the middle of making this thing. Oh yeah. Also watching it is just like God. Don't you have any taste, pedophiles? Come on. (laughs) The Disney Channel, of course, they're trying to rebrand as some moral authority for the country. Even though Walt Disney was a neo-Nazi who probably was a pedophile himself, and uh, not even a neo-Nazi, he was old school (laughs) Nazi. He was. He He was a Nazi. He was a Nazi. He just admired their work ethic. Uh huh. So some. I mean, honestly, though, but you know this, Henry. Talking about auditions previously, if you're a producer or a director of a show that casts. 10 to 12, uh, maybe nine-year-olds, you have to think about them by physical appearance. You know, you look at the Disney Club, uh, uh, what was the name of the, the Mickey Mouse Club? All of those people, man, they were so sexualized. Well, when Britney broke, she just, was only 16, and she was showing everything. Not, not, not on her fault. I mean, I love Britney, but my God, they're disgusting. Kids should be allowed to act, and I do understand at the base that you can't have a lot of uggos in there. It's television. But what right? about no, but kids can act in things, Stranger Things. I think that was cool. They didn't sexualize them. Uh, That's what Monster I'm saying. Monster Squad. I would say they didn't necessarily sexualize them. It just emphasized a lot on their dancing and movement. And now we just—I wouldn't even. I'm not watching it. Oh my you know? god. 
Well, you take a look at what difficult. you take a look at. You're put into it. We're put into a difficult situation, even just bringing up because then you have to try to describe the show in a way. Why is everyone? Why are these pedophiles into this show? Oh well, you. But it's true. They know what the audience knows. Why they get it. I went to do a casting at Disney. Not that uh, recent. Not that unrecently. Okay. Uh, over at Disney, and it was like. It was a good group of people, but mostly it's who I'd want to see casting. It was a bunch of, like, normal, older casting women. There was no... Hey man, there was no man named Harold with a with dark sunglasses on in the background, like with a scale. Well, you don't know that, man. You that, that's the thing about the entertainment industry. Very few people understand. Once you get into it in L.A. or New York or maybe Chicago to some degree, once you start going on auditions, you'll notice that all of the people who are auditioning mostly look as Henry said, middle aged um, women, uh, maybe uh, late thirties, early forties, mid forties, maybe early fifties. But the people who are Pain for everything above them. Above yes. them. That's where you get your disgusting, uh, you know, creeps with the with the sunglasses, wearing sunglasses at night, but not because they're cool. It's because people they don't want people to see their eyes looking at kids. But I will say. I appreciate a good child actor if they're good at it and they're natural. Again, we're going to reference the Stranger Things kids. They did a really good job. Yeah, but you know what's going to happen now to them. Well, they're going to change. They're going to. They're going to. They're going to get older, right. and then their whole lives are going to be very, very different. They're, they're going to have to figure out. They got a season three coming out, which I think they're just going into the well for one too many. Uh, I don't know barrels of water. What do you get out of a well? I don't know. A bunch of barrels of water. Old. But I'm telling you, <laughs> no one's going to watch season three of Stranger Things. And the only comments on the horrible uh, social media. You're devices, damning these people. I have a lot of friends who work on that show. No, I'm not, I, they need these. They need the show to continue. I, you need to stop. Damn I'm not damning it. I'm just saying everyone's going to come out and be like, friends. I liked him when they were young, but now they're all but, old, but they still look young with their weird faces. Kissel, what is the alternative? Is every show going to be like this, like this Univision show, Escuela, where yeah. it's going to be me dressed as a little boy going like, see, <laughs> yes. see, mommy, see. Yes. Like, is it going to be, is that what we're supposed to do? Yeah. We're going to go back to Shakespeare's time? Go back. only adults can play children? I want 1940s. I want the youngest person on the screen should be 20. That's that's the rule. And if that's it. Very interesting. Or an infant. Well, you can be an infant up to one year old, and then you have to I skip. think it's worse if you're an infant. No, the infants just I, sit there. There are children who genuinely want to be actors, Ugh. right? And there are kids that are, I mean, obviously, it is a farm. You're forced into it. Yes. You are being forced by your parents. You think you know what you want because know. you think you're an autonomous human being, but you're eight. You actually don't have a personality. Right. Your personality is an amalgam of the things you've seen and what your parents have told you to think. Yeah. So you don't know yet. So no. that is very difficult. And then you have but to the hang out with the that- worst people on earth, a.k.a. actors like this West <laughs> Westmoreland well, character. Actors should never be in charge of anything. They are uh, they are empty. Yeah. Actors are empty and can be flipped into anything. Look <laughs> at what we're dealing with now. I should never be in charge. An actor should never be a dictator. We talked about it last episode with the revelations. We were talking about Nero. Nero was an actor first, yes. dictator second. And imagine if he was Neil uh, Patrick Harris. You know, you could see Yes. It. All his shit. But the problem is, is that there's, there is no middle ground where it's like, I agree with you. I don't think kids should be in there. But have you ever seen like a movie where like like the movie was it Happy Death Day? Yeah, I love that where movie. Where it's like they're all supposed to be 17, but they're being played by hot as fuck 25 No, they were supposed to be in college. Like, they were in college. Yeah, I'm just saying you look at the kids. 
you look at that. They're supposed to be 17. They're obviously not. They're closer to like 28, 29. Yeah, and they've got the bodies of 28-year-olds, but we're sexualizing almost the opposite, where it's like, you're making me look at this, what's being told to me via fiction is a child, but it's actually being played by a full-bodied adult because children don't look like that. Because to have a real 17-year-old well, on there it would be disgusting because 17-year-olds are all gross. Yes, of course. That's why you shouldn't cast them. Anyway, this is according to <sighs> the Disney Channel. This is this is the <laughs> Disney Channel's response. Again, the the moral authority of the country now. This is what they said. Given the nature of the charges and our responsibility for the welfare of employed minors, we have released him from his reoccurring role and he will not be returning to work on the series which wraps production on its third season next week. This dude also sort of ironically has had guest appearances on shows. Again, we're talking about this Westmoreland dude, the man who tried to have sex with a 13-year-old. He also appeared on Scandal, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and Gilmore Girls. You can't even make up a funnier series of shows that this pedophile, (laughs) or at least accused pedophile, has guest starred on. He reminds me of, what was it? It was the father. What was it? Seventh Heaven? Oh, yes. Because he was, it's the same cut of Jim. Who's the name it's of the guy on Seventh Heaven? That's right. He was nasty. Stephen Collins. Look, Stephen, Stephen Collins. Collins. But you look at these pieces of shit, and it's always the same. They got the khakis on, yep. and they got their little George Bush smile, Ugh. and their little squinty eyes, and they have the same thing where you like look at them, and you're supposed to be like, eh, I'm just a grandfather that just happens to be a little bit more fun than your normal <laughs> grandfather. Being like, why is it like, I, I, uh, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe uh. all actors should, should be children, and then you also have children playing adults. Also, so Westmoreland, he was in a ride-sharing service on his way to allegedly meet the minor. Which you I- just got to be kidding me. Yes. Who invest- he took an Uber pool <laughs> yeah, to think- try Does to they- have sex with a child. Does that mean Uber pool? Ride-sharing? Yes. Oh, my God. So, yes. Oh my- so, what are you doing here? What are you doing today? Oh, I'm just going to go see my girlfriend <laughs> and go out to the movies. I- uh, that new Halloween is supposed to be pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, uh, well, God. there's 13-year-old I wasn't talking to. Oh, like your niece or something? No, I want to... No, no. Let me put it this way. I'm a bit of an amateur Santa. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in this ride-sharing app. On the way to meet this uh, the minor, investigators say he planned to bring it to his hotel room when the Salt Lake City Police and the Ugh. FBI Child Exploitation Task Force arrested him. So he did not get what he wanted. I'm also going to say this, not that I want to give any advice to any of these monsters, but uh, it's like Ashley Madison. It's never a child. I knew this dude in high school, or in college rather, who got caught stealing a bunch of, he stole like 800 panties and actually went to jail for that. They let him out. (laughs) And then two years ago, he was busted uh, soliciting sex from a quote-unquote minor at a rest stop. It was a police officer and a series of cops. Um, It's never a minor. So it's either Chris Hansen from Dateline NBC to catch a predator or a cop. And we we shouldn't be giving them advice. You know what? It's the opposite. It's always real. <laughs> really, go for it, guys. Really, really go for it. Every 15-year-old oh, talking on the internet. Oh, yeah, they definitely understand how to use a Tor browser. Uh, Absolutely. Don't worry about it. It's all genuine. I, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand this. Like, also, the idea of taking him to a hotel room. That's uh, ridiculous. Doing all of this. It, it's just... 
It's not right. It's not right, and it is. I don't know if the word ridiculous is really suitable, but I'm going to say it's ridiculous. It is. Ugh. You know, it is ridiculous. Anyway, it, it, all right. Yes, it is. That did, Molest is a is a bad thing to absolutely do. Absolutely horrible. And I saw that firsthand taking care of a lot of foster kids who were molested, and it is worse than was you can a, even um, think about. So it was a bait. A bait. It was a bait. It was bait, yes. So thankfully, they were able to get him. Now, some people, of course, this is a conversation, talk about entrapment and stuff like that. But in this case, I'm going to say, if you don't want to get entrapment or if you don't want to get entrapped trying to have sex with a 13-year-old, nip it in the bud and don't do it. Don't and then do don't it. even worry about entrapment. I know it's not like speed traps in Los Angeles, which I will scream about my sovereign citizenship towards. This is a little bit different. Well, it does. You are much more uh, liberal with your sovereign citizenship when you've had a bit to drink. Yes, yes, uh, as as many seem to be, and por- perhaps also on some Jimi Hendrix-like substances. <laughs> although I did not learn how to play the guitar, but I, I did learn a lot about the Constitution. God, can you imagine my father? Being a bait child, like <laughs> on the internet, just like my father going and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to do with the penis. You're gonna have to show me. Yeah, I'm new to sex. Well, it's gotta be someone like that. <laughs> Henry's got a great story for you all. Speaking of, uh, well, obviously it's another crime story, but this story. We got some different opinions on. Uh, Denise Williams has recently been set up. She's been convicted uh, guilty of the murder of her husband or the accessory to murder of her husband, Mike Williams, in a uh, disappearance case that kind of went nuts. According to the Tallahassee Democrat, Mike Williams, a 31-year-old real estate appraiser, went missing after an early morning duck hunting expedition Hmm. on December 16th, 2000 on Lake Seminole in Jackson County, Florida. Investigators initially speculated that Williams had drowned and been eaten by alligators. But at the insistence of his mother, who did not believe the alligator theory, law enforcement eventually began investigating and deemed him a suspicious missing person. A huge break in the long, cold case came 17 years later when Mike's former best friend, Brian Winchester, who married Williams' widow, Denise, five years after the disappearance, confessed to the killing. Williams' remains were found in a grave about five miles away from the home where he grew up in Tallahassee and where his mother still lives. Now, it's a very interesting case. It's very sordid. It is. What we're going to find out is that these this uh, this was a group of four people. Mike Williams was married to Denise Williams. They were high school sweethearts. Right. They had been together when they were 16 years old. Mike Williams was a workaholic. He was uh-huh. making 200k a year, busting his Wrong. And that's and big. They said 200k a year Tallahassee cash. That's pretty that's nice. That's fucking Oh yeah. That's big money. That's big money for Tallahassee. So we as he's so he's out there hustling and grinding. Maybe maybe he's living a maybe he's leaving something on the table when it came to his relationship. Oh maybe cuz I mean, daddy's always working. Yeah, well do daddy's you want food on the table busy. or not? What do you Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, Whatever. Yeah, okay. You know? You know what I'm saying? Right? Everybody's allowed to do what they want. Denise Williams and Brian Winchester during this time period began to a relationship. So they had a three-year-long affair. Right. And at some point, they had a child. And Brian Winchester helped sell, with the, at the admonition of Denise Williams, helped sell Mike Williams a $2 million insurance policy. Okay. And then one day, Mike goes duck hunting, and he never comes back. Well, who did he go? Did he go duck hunting with the dude? No, he went alone. Okay. He went alone to his favorite spot, 
What they're saying is, is that possibly that he did not go alone, that maybe Brian met up with him. What they were going to find out uh-huh. is that Brian Winchester shot his buddy and buried him in a, in a shallow grave. Right. What they're going to go on to then say was that it looked like that maybe that he had, uh, there was a ship that on his boat, there was an accident, and he fell out, and he drowned, and that the alligators ate his body, which is why no one had found him, which they said there are 80 people have died in Lake Seminole, okay. and no, all, all the other bodies have been found, okay. right? So they say, well, maybe the alligators took care of him, but then they find out, well, actually, alligators, this happened in December, alligators don't feed in the winter months, hmm. so they, there was no way for the alligators to eat it. There was a lot of different extenuating circumstances. The fucking engine on the boat, the gas tank was full. They're like, well, if he actually fell out of this boat then probably the the engine would have kept going and then it would have run out of gas it would have spelled out like a lot of different kind of idiosyncrasies when right you look at it but the big kicker was brian winchester who got married to denise who is a real spicy little pepper well now Bri- according to brian can uh, we just to clarify brian can we oh my <laughs> can we just clarify though brian winchester this dude was looking at some significant time he took a yep. plea deal with the prosecution to only get 20 years he takes the stand flips on denise and his story i don't know if it's true or not because of the because uh, of the circumstances surrounding it it's very interesting because so the the reason why Brian Winchester was going to jail after the after all of this was for the kidnapping of Denise Williams. Now Denise and him, I guess, got into a fight. They'd broken up. Right. They had stopped after dating off all this because they got married right after he died to collect the money. Right. She collected $1.5 million because basically, long story short, they found a pair of his waiters, which also didn't have the wear and terror it was supposed to have on Uh-oh. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't have all that kind of shit. There's like, why was he in his waiters? He also felt like he was a very, very uh, safety minded. Mike Williams was a very driven and disciplined person. Okay. And so you're not supposed to wear your waiters in the boat necessarily because because an accident like they tried to say would happen could happen. So they found the shit. They were not ripped apart by animals. So once he was declared dead, they got married. They collected the money. But now they had a falling out. And what happened was mm-hmm. is that Brian Winchester went ape shit, held her at gunpoint right. after their breakup saying... She's going to flip on me. She's going to tell the authorities what we did right. at the insistence of you. And so then he got arrested for that and then proceeded to flip on her first. Now, let me just say this. So, Denise, now, how did this dude die? How did how did uh, Mike Williams die? So, evidently, uh, uh, Brian was like, I'm going to get him off of the boat. I'm going to kick him off the boat. He's going to drown because that just happens right away. No. Absolutely. He, it's easy to drown. He busts him out of the boat. He, he throws him off. And um, Mike Williams is like, great, there's a log right here. I'm going to be fine. So he grabs onto the log. He's holding there. And then uh, he's holding on. And then Brian just shoots him in the head. Yes. So Brian is just like, fuck this. I, I can't wait a long, I can't wait around for you to get tired. I'm just going to shoot you in the head. And now we have the situation where 18 years later, after Brian is facing significant time, significant chargers, he flips on Denise. Now, I got to say this. I don't know the facts here because we just have the facts as they were written. Obviously, <laughs> Denise Williams, attorney Ethan Way, uh, he says that her reaction was stunned, that Denise was, quote, stunned, very shocked. She's very upset. He also told reporters it's terrible, the wrong verdict on the facts, but you have to respect what the jury does. He goes on to say, obviously, I don't think she's guilty of any uh, of any of the three accounts. Ultimately, we submitted the case to the jury, and the jury made a decision. But why... Why would she go out there and, you know, marry this dude and have this whole relationship and then all of a sudden, 18 years later, just based on the words of a criminal 
who has a reason to flip, why would they, as a jury, think that this guy is reliable? They got the information. They, they did piece together a case against her. There is a pretty intense case against her, which we'd have to go into with more uh, research that she her story fell apart. Well, is what happened. So this is what, so- and so she couldn't get herself out of the things he put her on. Especially once they found the body. Yes. and he's and all, and then she collected the money. Yeah, she knew what was happening. And the problem is that if you listen to his testimony, yeah, but- I listened to about forty five minutes uh-huh. of his testimony. And number one, when I meant when I said before, Denise is a spicy pepper. Right, what's, what's the thing about a spicy pepper? Right, so a jalapeno when you cut oh, into sure. it. Oh, sure, maybe a little cheese in there. Yeah, yeah, but you know, but it's a little cheese. Who knows? Well, but it, also to, sometimes for your analogy, I'm going to say if there's a little cheese in there, go to the doctor. Uh, but yes, it's, yeah, but yeah, yes, but the pepper, right? Pepper on its exterior. Pepper can be mild. Just looking at it, you don't know. But sometimes you chop in that pepper, and it's super fucking spicy. It's sure, a little bit too much for you to handle. And it seems to be Denise was not unlike that pepper, where. At first, uh-huh. because a part of this, with a part of the reason why I was interested in the story is it all takes place in Tallahassee and all takes place around the bars I used to drink at in college. So all of this, the beginning of their torrid affair happened with the couple. So Brian Winchester was married to a woman and they used to hang out with Denise and Mike all the time. Uh-huh. And they started getting all horny talking. Right, as a couple, saying right. like we t- sw- swap in all the stuff oh about my. what kind of sex everybody appears. It's getting spicier and spicier. He got, he goes to tell Denise on the side, Brian, being like, you know, my old bag here, she's not got enough snap to her left. <laughs> and Denise is like, yeah, well, watch this. And then she stuck a chopstick up inside her own vagina and just snapped it off just to show like what she could do. I don't you know think I mean? that that was, was in the testimony. But you know what I mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> so they started hooking up. The two of them aren't hooking up. But then she had kind of extravagant shit. Like, because not only were they hooking up, but they were going to Miami Beach. Oh, my. They, were, they, they, they lived were in Tallahassee. It's not like they went. To, it's not like they're from Iowa that's going to Miami money. Beach. No, that's big money going from Miami. That's going not from Tallahassee, that, Miami. Oh my, okay. That's fun. I honestly, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. What if, what if Brian took it into his own hands and said, I'm going to keep Denise for myself. I'm going to off Mike. I can have her for myself. She's in mourning. Now, all of a sudden, he swoops in. We have the knight in shining armor, plus the affair, so she knows, obviously, they're sexually compatible. He doesn't let her know that he killed the dude. They get the insurance money. They're going to live happily ever after. She's completely oblivious to all of it. Next thing you know, he kidnaps her ass. He's looking at life imprisonment. He says, no, fuck that. I'm not going to go away that long. I'm going to say that she's the reason that I killed the dude, and she's looking at more time than he is. It's a woman ever oblivious of anything. Well, never, never so, once. I also think they that, know, but you know every what? single thing. She knows every single thing that he's thinking. She knows exactly <laughs> every single thing that he has ever done in his life. I, well, I do feel like that. that. Could, but you know what else plays in these stories, though? And you know this about Tallahassee. It, it plays out all over the country, Wisconsin, wherever. They The, the affair. When people mm-hmm. in a jury hear about an affair, they are they all of our it. mothers being like, oh, I can't. Oh, Can you believe disgusting. that? Disgusting. She had an affair. Oh. Even if she didn't kill him. 
Even if she did Whoa. the affair, can She's we trust guilty her? Just, just for, just for doing that, just for catching that dick. Oh, what a disgusting <laughs> term! Well, apparently, so day one of this trial, Denise Williams' uh, uh, trial, uh, Brian Winchester testified how their affair snowballed into a plot to kill. Again, I don't really believe this guy. Uh, day two, family recalls how they became suspicious, um, and day three, Brian Winchester's ex-wife testifies about tapped phone calls. With Denise. So we don't know what's on those phone calls, I suppose. I will say, I, uh, one thing I, uh, okay, okay, where I'll give towards you and maybe towards your argument is that maybe it's not her idea necessarily at first, or it wasn't meant to be taken literally, is that sometimes you're an inflagrante and you're in a fucking La Quinta. I remember that La Quinta oh, in yeah, Tallahassee, sure. and you could really get, you can get really boned up in that La Quinta, oh, right? Oh, sad, yeah. You're in there, you're having these fucking, these rendezvous after, t- you know, like, d- doing all this chased double dates with all the stuff, and you, you're holding off, holding off, and so now you're boning, and it's like, in the middle of it, she just got, she just got the tip in her hands, right? And she's just like, what if we fucking killed Mike? And he's just like, yeah, 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 yeah whatever it takes. And then yeah. he goes ahead and does it. And she was like, I never meant literally <laughs> kill Mike. You know what no, I mean? Like, sure. It's like one of those. But also, so it kind of maybe planted the seed. Oh, and then I he don't goes, know. does it. Because after, then, but in that situation, you know, after they're done, uh, coitus making coitus making love after he finishes his he doesn't remember anything well, he's, he's you, in a coma you go back to neutral yes. that's true so that is true I also want to say though this but d- if it happens again and again and again yeah. and eventually you start thinking like I better kill fucking Mike if I want all this cool shit to be happening to me all the time. Oh, my. You know what I mean? So you have to, like, figure out, like, you have to figure out a thing. He kills Mike. But that's why I'm saying she's involved. And well, I just believe that women are capable enough to plan these murders. Oh, my God. Women are... Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't mess with them. Uh, that's for damn sure. Sociopaths. Uh, just like any... A man can be a sociopath. There's equality in sociopathy when it comes to the sexes. Um, this is according to Cheryl Williams. This is the, the mother of Mike. She says, we got justice for Michael. Now, she told that... To Assistant State Attorney John Fox. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, but now I want to say this though, in defense again, that maybe this just kind of got a little out of hand. Mr. Fox, uh, this is what he says about the case. He says this is a career case. He said it's not every day. It's not every day in your career that you get to be involved in an unsolved homicide that is 17 years old. And through team effort, make an arrest and ultimately get a conviction on a 17-year-old homicide. This, dude, the ego of a prosecutor cannot be understated. No, I'm with you. Absolutely. Of course, you're going to have so many barnacles clinging to that ship because they all (laughs) want to be a part of something that's got so much media attention. And it's a big, juicy story. So that I totally, completely understand. Right. And And I agree with. But, I mean, who knows? Just when it comes down to it, it's like, like marriage is a mysterious thing, I guess. I guess We're so. learning bit by bit. There's just things that happen inside of a marriage that you don't know. Planning, like people the can murder, be open. planning the murder of your spouse is not a typical mysterious event that occurs in most marriages. I would like to think not because I know for a fact <laughs> I'm a dead man. You know what I mean? It's because now well, he's honestly, all, all it has to take is just like, uh, well, I don't know what happened, officer. I was practicing one of my stunts, and Henry was like, "Yes, I will be in part of your in in part of your stunt play." And then all of a sudden, his neck popped off. His his head just popped. <laughs> and I would be like, "Well, I believe it. I believe it." 
He shouldn't have I been. will say I, I will probably have had asked for it. Yes. All right. Well, there's that. We story. know this for a we fact. Will, we will follow up on that story. She hasn't been sentenced yet, um, Denise Williams, but she's looking at a life imprisonment. So I don't. There's a lot to that one. That's a good choice, Henry. Good find this week. Because there's a lot to unwind there. I like I. It, it, there's some about too because these these big true crime stories, like as they come up, it's like knowing that you kind of have a, a finger on it, and it, it happens again and again and again. Right. I I don't know why that is. People love drama. Yeah, they this do. This is really about small time Florida bullshit. They are all. They are all. They don't know what else to do. They're no. super bored, so they will either fuck or plan these like like movie. But Plots. why? But this is the thing, and just to wrap this one up, it's always the dude who's working real hard, trying to provide. That poor whenever they're not there, that's when the wife or the husband that can work both ways is like, I just need someone around a little bit more. I'm a little bit upset that my husband or my wife is working too hard for this family. So you always get undercut by a huge loser, which is why they had to kill the guy because he didn't have any freaking money. Because he didn't have a fucking job. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. God. That is, it really does, it does burn me a bit because that motherfucker, I get it. He wasn't around. Yeah. All right. But the because dude who's around is working. unemployed. Unemployed. They, I know. And they just had a baby. They just had a baby. So that was like Horrible. a part of it too, where so she wants a change and she's feeling all this stuff. Not, and meanwhile, not giving her half of the relationship. Ugh. It's very it's very sad. It's horrible. All right, well, switching gears a little bit to another dude who maybe you could call him uh, a little bit, I don't want to say deadbeat in this case because he's kind of the victim <laughs> of the story. Uh, let's just say uh, he has some arrested development. A middle-aged Brooklyn man, uh, this is according to the New York Post, which is the funniest. A middle-aged Brooklyn man told cops he paid a painful price for pledging a fraternity at the ripe old age of 45. So what happened to this dude? Well, as typically... Typical pledges, I guess, get it. Uh, he was paddled with a wooden paddle, but it wasn't like, you know, just like one or two, and then they laughed and, like, did some sort of salty cracker or something. Uh, they hit him over 200 times uh, <laughs> after he had been getting... <laughs> yeah, after he was getting hammered at this Bedford-Stuyvesant Brownstone. Uh, the pledge was for... He was pledging the fraternity Omega Sci-Fi, but the interesting thing about Omega Sci-Fi is... Um, it's not attached to any school. So no, I don't know what that means if it's a fraternity that has no school affiliation. This is, I feel it's very interesting because I, I don't know all the details of the story. They haven't all come out, it seems to be. But it seems to be a unofficial frat was hanging out, partying. Right, like yes. in a how well, they call themselves a frat. They were attached to something, or they believe they were. Maybe, yeah. They had their animal house. They obviously got shades of animal house. The name of what was that name of? Well, Will Ferrell pledged the old men, old school, old school. Um, but so, so, how does it start? So it's this like, dude. He, so now this guy, he kind of sees this group of young rapscallions. Right. And he probably saunters over and be like, "Hey, back in my day, I used to drink ninety beers, and then we." drive to the club right. and then they're like well you think you can handle it old man he's like sign me up well uh, and then all of a sudden they're just grabbing him fucking spanking the shit out of i him. think it was an open house party his friends were like we don't know why uh he would do this he's never done anything uh like this before again <laughs> um the name of the dude is tory gates um, he's never done anything like this before, but after he was beat with the paddles, he was so bruised up, he checked himself into Mount Sinai Hospital. And then, honestly, I'm going to say, uh, I'm not sure if I agree with this move. He called the cops on the frat bros 
But you know what, dude? You know what you're getting into. You want to go pledge. I'm. You know, there's a lot of uh, people coming down on fraternities now. I was never a part of one, uh, and it's certainly not a culture that I know much about. But you know that you're going to get hazed. You know you're yes. going to have to like drink too much, and then occasionally it makes national news. Someone dies or something. But you know you got to be prepared. Know that it's going to be a nightmare. I don't know why you would go f- do it in the first place, but it's not going to be a pleasant experience. It's not even that. The man was not even in college, and it was not at a college. Um, the frat is not a real frat, and he went straight from any sort. Because hazing is not just paddling. You know what I mean? It's right. like maybe de- at some point it is, but normally it's like there's like a structure and there's pledge week and all stuff. Yeah. They if you strip all that away. This is the a story of a drunk man that was grabbed by a group of youths and spanked uh-huh. to the point where he couldn't walk anymore. Yes, now, you know what I mean. Strangely enough, it says there's a sticker on the house that says "We Black Men Care," um, which I'm not really sure if that's uh, accurate given the details of this. Uh, what I suppose is technically an assault. I uh, would, of course, uh, under the guise of a hazing. This is according to one of Gates's neighbor. He's like a hazing incident. Do you know how old he is? And then the guy goes on to say, maybe it's about nostalgia or something. He's a strong guy physically, so I'm not sure what that is all about. And, of course, it's not immediately clear if the victim was pledging or whether the group, um, you know, just sort of was like... Simply pulled his pants down and just beat him up Um, while he was going like, am I in now? Am I Am I cool? But now reps for the Omega Psi Phi... No, not... it's, It's Omega Phi... What is it? It's P-S-I. I think that's Phi. Everything is Phi, that's right? Psy. Psy, that's Omega Psi. Omega Psi-Phi. Uh, yeah, that's a fake name because <laughs> yeah. it's Psi-Phi. Ah, uh, they didn't return calls. The the uh, the uh, Brooklyn the reps for the Brooklyn chapter didn't recur- return calls. But who else is no not way. Re- I know. But who else is not returning calls is Mr. Gates himself. Perhaps he feels embarrassed or maybe he still wants uh, the friendship and he doesn't want to ruin it. I have no idea, but if you're 45 years old and you watch the movie Old School and you're like that's a good idea, remember that's a movie, they say the words cut and then those actors go back to a really nice trailer and they're never they actually getting hurt. People are so desperate for community, though. I get like, it. Well, there's so many ways, to, uh, other ways to do it. I'll tell you what: snitches get stitches, but spankers <laughs> get stankers. There are so That's many. What I heard. There are so many other fine young gangs to join in sure. Bedstuy. I live in Bedstuy. You could join a gang all if you want. You know what I mean? You could look Kissel. You could be the big white guy of the gang. I love it. Or you I can do what it. what what every other uh, young person in Brooklyn does is start a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. That, you don't have to get paddled to death. You can just you, you can just start a podcast. Start a podcast. Why not? Are you allowed to just tie the sneakers together and throw them over the electrical wires? Are you allowed to just do that? Well, that that's an indication of if it's a drug house or perhaps there's a murder that occurred there. They've no. never said the real meaning of it. Mm. It seems. Well, it's no it's one knows. Dangerous. It's a part of the street lore. Uh, street lore with Henry Zabrowski. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, that's the story of of Mr. Gates. Don't don't do it, folks. Stay. Get a family. That's all. That is a sad story in the end. Uh, it really is. He, he is wanted alone. friendship. They beat him up. They gave him 200 <laughs> paddles. And now he called the police. But now he's not talking to the police because then he's like, they're going to be mad at me already. It's sad. And now uh, I want to go to my favorite story of the week. All right. Which is the story of a poor man that oh. was not a poor man. He technically got what he deserved. No, I don't know man, if that's true. <laughs> we'll see. He's how definitely this goes. a poor man by definition. Man rescued after two days stuck in a 
Chinese restaurant <laughs> grease vent. Oh, God. Now, it seems to be no one really knows what happens to the... Tw- no one really knows why the, what, what, what were the series of events that led to this 29-year-old who decided to climb onto the roof of the Chinese restaurant. He stripped off his bulky jacket and he slid down a greasy vent oh. wearing only a thin T-shirt. Now, he was stuck inside this grease vent for two oh. days. If- now, it seems to be he went in there to either, you know, possibilities of, of certain crimes, right? You could strip the piping of all the copper and you could sell it, all the electrical wire, yeah. you could strip it, you can sell it. You could take things from inside, you, right. could, you could strip it, and you could sell it. Um, we're not really sure, because um, Sergeant Ray Kelly, a public information officer for the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, told NPR that the man had been less than truthful about his true intentions. Uh. Um, and so it seems to be, uh, the objective seems straightforward enough. You know what I mean? He's, just, uh, according to the officer... He's a pretty slender guy, and uh-huh. based on the uh, viscosity of the walls, uh, and coupled with the fact that he took off his clothes, he probably thought he was just going to slide Ugh. down the chute, but it seemed like a solid plan until he got stuck in there, because uh. it wasn't a straight drop from the roof to the floor. It never he is. About, no, he made a at about five feet down the chute, and the five-foot, nine-inch man, he hit a turn in the vent and then forced him into a semi-crouch position with his arms oh. reaching up, immobilized over his head, and he stayed in there for two days. Oh. Now, so, But hold on a second. De- was the restaurant operating for those two days? Yes. No, no. It seemed to have been closed. Okay. Yes. So trapped and unable to move in any direction... He was crying out for help, but they believed that it was muffled by the layers of rancid oil. Um, and so, so this is really this this man named Igor Campos heard. He's like, I keep hearing this. Oh, oh. and I'm <laughs> oh like, my God. who can it be? And they went in there and they they found him through the ventilation shaft. He was stuck inside the thing. Campos said he, he said he asked the questions. What's your name? And the man said, please help me. <laughs> please don't name. hurt me. And the pictures of this man oh my God. are if, unbelievable. Just search, Covered in rancid oil. Search man rescued after two days stuck in Chinese restaurant grease vent. And Yikes. the image is straight out of, it reminds me a little bit of, um, oh my, The Descent. The it descent. reminds me of the descent in the claustrophobia <laughs> and just the overall horror of being stuck in a grease vent for two days. You also, I worked in a lot of fast food restaurants growing up. The grease is disgusting when you it feel it in bad, your face, dude. your body. So this dude, this is according to Sergeant Ray Kelly again. He said, how's he doing now? He said, he's all cleaned up and rehydrated, um, <laughs> noting that it must have taken hours to rid the man of the horrible smell. So I also have to say... In a strange way, he's kind of a hero for exposing this restaurant for being so unhygienic. <laughs> um, it doesn't seem like it seems like it's just that's what grease traps are like. That's just what a grease yeah, trap is. Supposed you're not supposed to, to go through a grease trap. You're supposed to clean it every now and again. Put one of those logs so. in that breaks it up. So this is what the uh, what Mr. Kelly said or Sergeant Kelly. He says we sometimes. We, we know sometimes suspects try to break into businesses to steal copper wire and plumbing and recycling for money. This appears to be something along those lines, but not every solution is jail. Um, and so basically they said, we, but we decided to be a little compassionate. We figured he's been through enough. 
And it, and it is <laughs> in the holiday go. spirit. In the holiday <laughs> spirit, just... the, the, they let the man who snuck into a restaurant or attempted to through a grease vent. But you know what? It's Christmas. Let well, him off. <laughs> they just saw what he went through. <laughs> and they were like, okay. Oh, my God. Two full days. What perfect treasure is hidden in that Chinese restaurant? That's a good question. In order to do that it, Indiana man. Jones shit. Oh, maybe it's a holy grail or something. I don't know. But my God. I'm happy the guy's also, alive. And honestly, you know, just, I don't know. I feel bad for someone who is this down and out, who is obviously this, like, you know, much in financial peril. Well, he sees a chimney and he's like, I can be, I can be a Santa Claus, like a reverse Santa Claus. Instead of giving, I'll take. Like, how, this guy must have been in such dire straits to think that this idea could have worked. I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe he was on a couple of substances. Like a Red Bull or? Yeah, like yeah, a Red yes, Bull. Yes, yes, <laughs> taurine. Can you imagine yes. if he was on a hallucinogen? And like, <laughs> you go oh in there, but two days, right, coming down on whatever it is that you're coming down on and stuck in there. Like what that does to you, what that does to your mind, you probably can't even smell a spring roll ever again without <laughs> no, flipping no. out. Oh, my God. You know, like, God. hopefully it turns them vegan or something. Oh, gosh. Well, anyway, so that poor guy, uh, you know, he got lucky, though, too, in his own right because of the holiday spirit and because of the torture that he went through. Um, to steal copper wire, perhaps, most likely. I don't know what else he would steal from there. Uh, if it's closed, I'm assuming they don't have a lot of money. Oh, no, um, I imagine that it was, yeah, I imagine that it was uh, It was him trying to steal the wire and trying to steal stuff that he could sell pretty easily. Yeah. And you know, with the, with the frat thing, it's like that's punishment for trying to have a community. And then this is like the opposite. It's like this is punishment for... Trying to go do your own thing. Uh, <laughs> trying to yes, have a hobby. Yes. yes. <laughs> Just trying, so sad. trying to be your own guy. Brutal story. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. Well, that was Henry's favorite story of the week. My favorite story of this week, uh, it actually will we'll go to China. Not just a Chinese restaurant. A Chinese factory worker, uh, he survived after being skewered with 10 metal spikes. Again, the war has begun. Uh, when a robot, he sent 10 metal spikes when a robot malfunctioned. Or did the robot uh, uh, sort of receive autonomy and a soul and the robot was so intelligent that it said, now once again, we've got to take on another human being. This dude is 49 years old. His name is Mr. Zhao. He was working the night shift at a porcelain factory in the Hunan province when he was struck, oh. when he was struck by a falling robotic arm. If you get a chance to watch this, um, the picture of him on the operating table, it is like... It's metal, dude. It's crazy. The it looks like Tetsuo. He, yes. He was impaled. Uh, with foot-long, half-inch-thick metal rods. He was first taken to the local hospital before he was transferred to a much larger hospital. Six steel rods fixed on a steel plate pierced his right shoulder and chest, and four penetrated elsewhere in his body. During the operation, doctors found that one of the rods missed an artery by 0.1 millimeters. This dude is extremely lucky to be alive. That robot's probably being punished by the robot boss that sent him to do the murder because he didn't quite kill the guy, and maybe that robot will be put out of commission because of the failed hit but this well, is more indication we, of the war against man and machine a part of it is that we have to educate 
the AIs about what it's like to be with human beings. There's a man named Dr. Ben Gertzel, okay. G-O-E-R-T-Z-E-L, that talks about the nature of AI and what he has been working on currently as a scientist. And a part of it is understanding that AI needs to be raised much like human children, amongst humans with the feedback from humans. Hmm. It's part of it having growing them to be a part of our community and understand that if they want to take over, they're going to anyway. This poor man is standing in the way of progress. No, he's not standing in the way of progress. He's trying to do his dang job, Henry, working at a porcelain factory overnight, which has got to be one of the most haunted jobs in the history of jobs. So this is according to the doctor. Um, or or the professor of hand microsurgery, uh, he says they were relatively big. Of course, referring to the spikes, so there was no means of getting fit of getting fitting the patient into the uh, X ray machine. Well, the nails themselves could have caused an interference. Now, this is not the first time this has happened. Mister Zhao was lucky not to suffer the same face as an American factory worker, Wanda Holbrook. The maintenance the maintenance technician was killed by a rogue robot who had veered into the area she was working and crushed her head the 50 that fucking metal it's dude. horrible henry you're like you are such you, you you're like you're a mike flynn you're a mike you're you're a traitor to the human race you're even no, worse no, he's just a no, traitor to the no, country you don't understand you don't understand a part of it is it's the furthering of it's the furthering of humankind i say if we can why not uh-huh a 57 year old this is wanda holbrook uh, she was just inspecting some machinery uh, when the components were assembled, when the robot took Wanda by surprise, entering the <laughs> section she was working in, and crushed Shit. her head. Whoa. Good. That has just got to be- We got sneaky robots. We were like- like as a thing no 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 like it's a cool movie it's a yes but but it's, I get a this, hor- it's a bad reality it's horrible reality we don't need we don't leave sci-fi to the movies leave terminator I mean, no. leave all those movies in the film like leave them on the tv you, i don't you understand ai is going to help us in many ways not just in this way. Eventually, to be honest, when it comes to that sort of, which is really sad, a part of it is that eventually we'll, we'll make it so that no humans work in fict- factory conditions and will only be robots. Yeah. Which is difficult about what it will do to the human labor force. Oh, yeah. But then a part of it, someone's going to also have to operate these machines. The idea is to make it so, especially with stuff like this, where you're trying to keep these things operating 24 hours at a time, uh-huh. is that hopefully it's going to end up working t- more towards people doing specialized jobs where their well, jobs are to walk. W- work the machines uh-huh. and maintain the machines and and do all of the surveillance stuff of it and then literally you have a whole floor where there's no humans on sure. it they, where it is just robots doing the job there will, and then they never have to stop as we saw in the documentary wally uh there are going to be some good robots out there the robots are also helping us clean up the oceans i think that's great um but this is my theory uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon just to talk about them for a second they're doing what every uh, um girlfriend or boyfriend does when they want the relationship to end but they also don't have the courage to like be like we need to break up they're just making conditions so miserable for their workers they're just making them they're making them work too hard for like, little aren't pay. you just excited for the robots to take your job yes exactly and they're making <laughs> yes. it dangerous and then when, the, when they're like i got i quit because the working conditions are so bad they're like great now we can replace you slowly so that's all they're doing is making uh warehouse work so miserable that the robots are going to be uh, 
destined to take over. Rise from your grave. There was a GoFundMe before we wrap it up here. We knew this guy for a long, long time. He was a, he's a we great still comedian. know him. We still know he's him. A he's a very still good alive. man. He's a, but his, he's a good friend of all of his, ours. Jason Signs. Yes, his name is Jason Signs. He had a horrible accident. He's currently uh, paralyzed right now from the waist down. He will be able to walk again. Um, but if you could, if you have a dollar, honestly, whatever, uh, go to his GoFundMe. He was going to get health insurance beginning in January. Uh, January first, he, he, had he a, was supposed to get health. And insurance. he just had a horrific accident. Um, and, uh, you know, so he's got a, for lack of a better term, a buttload of, um, medical payments and, uh, you well, then he just got an, they found out he had an infection and then he's forced to stay in the ICU for three extra weeks, which is the most expensive hotel room on the face of the fucking planet. And so now it's kind of driven down to this. So yes, if you can give, absolutely. We'll put that information up on the website. Absolutely. And also, uh, congratulations on getting married, Mackenzie and Ethan. I hope you guys have a wonderful time in yes. Phoenix, Arizona. They're good friends of mine, so congrats to Ethan and also, Mackenzie. Ed Larson yes. has been recently engaged as well. We got another stallion in the state. Oh my another goodness gracious. Congratulations to Ed Larson and his wonderful, wonderful girlfriend, uh, Julie. And um, yeah, there, there it is. Who would have thought? If you go back and listen to the roundtable of gentlemen now, we got uh, Holden's engaged, Eddie's engaged, Kevin and I are solely being Kevin and I, and Marcus, <laughs> God knows, I think he might be, uh, who, I don't want to jinx it. Who knows? Who, I don't who know. Knows? I don't know. He's got to live through 2019. Oh, right. Um, I got a bit of advice there. Just, I like to leave you guys with a bit of advice. Um, and a big thing I was reading about recently, I was like, remember that whenever you see mold, it's time to toss that pepper. And I know that it does necessarily just applies to just peppers and how good peppers are if you're going to use them for food. But I think it also applies to a lot of things in life. Absolutely. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. You can find me on Instagram at BenKissel1. We should uh, we share some uh, clips on Twitter. If you look at me, I'm just Ben Kissel. Uh, Henry is Henry Loves You. We most I, I mostly just share clips, and occasionally I'll, I'll write something on that devil site. Um, but, yeah, so you can find that there. And uh, Yeah, and Henry Loves you with all that fucking bullshit and follow at lp on the left because that's where all the rest of our shit is for our other fucking the other one i don't know why it's fucking a, big ass show there's a lot of anger going on but we also have a special coming out uh we're working on it right now we're doing some fine tuning some edits and i think you will really enjoy it so please go out there and purchase that uh it's six well, we just wait we're still just waiting we're in the middle of it hopefully it's we're gonna get we're trying to squirt out before the fucking birth of the quote-unquote savior yes hopefully we can get it to you then but we're doing our best we promise you all right everyone hail yourselves Triple L, Uh-oh. my friends, and hail sweet Satan. And I guess Magustalations, is that that's pretty Yay. good? Don't watch the Disney Channel. Turn it off. Boycott the Disney Channel. Yay, fucking get, get rid of the Disney Channel. But go to the parks. They're still magical. Yeah, that's true. Hail Satan. Hail me. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. 
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.